0: Hey what's going on everybody? You're rocking with the Black and Saintly Media Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Green. Each week we bring you topics and issues on Fridays that I feel affect members of the Church of Jesus Christ, large saints of the African American persuasion, but also just for members of the Church of Jesus Christ in general and the world in general. So sit back, relax. Thank you for checking us out. You can check us out online at black-saintly.com. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, how you guys doing? It is your host Kenny Green, and welcome to the Black and Saintly Podcast, where we talk about issues that affect, I think, black people that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Um, so today, today's topic is how a black preacher became a um, Mormon. How I became a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. So. I'm going to get started by saying that, um, I, how I became a preacher, because that's probably, before we make the leap into how I became Mormon, how I I was a preacher, so I I came to Christ at a very young age, um, probably about the age of seven, eight years old, um, I was the geek of the family, I was outcast, off-brand whatever you want to call things, that was me, and, uh, being the, the off-brand OB, the, the geek, the geekazoid, um, of the family, um, religion really became one of the things, all I had, I, um, went to church, I, um, went to, you know, Bible camp, I didn't go to church that much, but I went to Bible camp, I said to the Lord, I really delved deep into into reading the Bible. And at a year, very young age, um, I was about 9 years old, 10 years old or so, I was able to converse with adults. Um, like Jesus did in the temple. I was able to converse with adults on topics like, um, you know, I talked about um, the book of Revelation. And I, I could break it down to you. Like, I didn't just talk to you. About it, like I could break it down to you. Like, I could, you know, like, man it, like, talk to you about it, like, way wisdom beyond my years. And so, um, my aunt and uncle at the time, uh, Reverend Dr. Walter L. Green and evangelist Rosalind Green, they had came to the Lord, they had just started their church, and the Lord put a burden on their heart saying, If we don't get this boy in church, God's gonna hold us accountable, so they start picking me up every Sunday, and soon, I found myself being youth director, and we planned a youth day, and I was, and I was on, you know, slate to preach, and I preached, and I talked about, you know, out of the mouth of babes, proceeded for strength, uh, from Psalms, and, um, I did well, and I knew that I was called to be a speaker, um, at that time, I felt that I was called to be a pastor, a minister, that that was my end up, um, you know, destination in life, so, I, um, so, I, after I, uh, received that calling to do that, um. I uh, You know My uncle sat me down And I became a youth minister And uh, I started You know being a youth pastor and, and leading the youth program As a as a pastor Sitting in the pulpit preaching um, On a regular um, That was my calling Now um, Fast forward To I'm 18 years old And being 18 years old, I um, I didn't really have a life. I was, I was, you know, being a head church boy. My aunt and uncle, I lived with my aunt and uncle once the time. My great aunt who raised me, uh, Eva. I love her to life, and I'm grateful that she was a part of my life. I got her name tatted on my arm, um, just because she was a major part of my life. But um, she raised me until I was about 18 years old from the from the wounds, 18, pretty much she took care of me. Um, but she had to be in a nursing home, and I didn't have a place to go. My aunt, uncle, like, nah, you know, nah, you know, Minister Kenny, you got a place to go. So I lived with them, and I loved living with them. But it wasn't the place for a young man. And here's why I'm saying that: because every day they would, um, you know, they would do their thing. They would, you know, go to church. You I mean, not go to church, they would go to work. Um, uh, you know, come home. I would go to work, come home. My aunt would always throw together bomb food, cook, you know, something. So she would always, you know, like me a plate out, you know, she, and it would be, you know, my plate in the kitchen and they would take their plates in their bedroom and they would eat, they would close their door. They would, you know, study their Bible, watch their television, bump the uglies, whatever. You know, they did. In a room, I don't know. But I would be, essentially, I would go to work, and I would come home. And I would be by myself. And I would just eat at the kitchen table. Up I would go downstairs to my room. Um, I had a phone. But on you know why. Because I had very few friends. I didn't have nobody really to call. I didn't have nobody call me. I don't know why I thought I had a phone. I thought I had a phone because I was going I thought I was being something. Like, I was going to do something. I even had a pager. They nobody paging me. Except for, like, when my aunt and uncle paged me like it was very rare like I didn't get no pages Um, but I thought that having that made me independent like oh I got a page or oh I got a phone in my name but it was a very lonely existence but and I was crying out and it was at this point in time when I met the missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, I'll be honest, I'll be real. They were like my first ever friends that I had in a very long time. They were near my age, you know, I was 18 years old. They weren't that far off, you know, 19, early 20s or whatnot. It would be about 35, 40 of them that would come and they would volunteer at the place where I worked. I worked at the food bank of the Rockies. And so they would come and they would volunteer every week religiously every week they come they volunteer they do their thing um and they love my area i worked in the uh shipping and receiving area and they love my area because you get to push you know pallet jacks and and uh you know big hearts and you know we make it a game like who could uh you know load up everything the fastest. Who could get the order out the fastest? Who could shrink wrap this big old, you know, pallet full of food the fastest? And then when they left us, um, we would always, always make sure that, that we would load them down with food like real talk. Like, we would load them down. They would, I mean, we would. We, we believed in taking care of them, you know, we believe they came, they worked hard for us, and we wanted to, you know, take care of them, so we would, you know, give them cases of cereal, and cases of, of pizzas, and cases of, um, you know, frozen burritos, frozen pizzas, milk, um, you know, we, would, we had, that was fun to us, to make sure that they was, like, loaded down, because we knew... That uh, they told us, you know, that they didn't have a lot of money because of, you know, being a missionary. You don't get a lot of money, like 40 bucks a month to live off of. And in and, and that, you gotta get, like, some stamps and, you know, maybe some dry cleaning. Duh, you know, you really don't have, as a missionary in the church, a lot of money, which is not a bad thing. Because you're out there to serve the Lord. You shouldn't be out there worrying about a bag. You worry about the bag... When you're done. With your mission. When you come home. And you can start worrying about your bag. But um. So we would always make sure. That they would load it down. Like we had. A good time. And I. You know. When I first met them. I told them. I'm going to baptize y'all. I'm going to convert y'all. And they were like. Ha ha ha. Like nah. We going to convert you. We going to convert you. And it wasn't like. We were serious. But we were just. You know. I didn't know. That I was going to end up being converted at the time. I mean. That was a miracle like in itself because I'm you know this young christian minister and I believed in God and I was real with God and I, I I heard and read all the bad things about the church before I even joined the church y'all like I had seen god makers I had seen the anti stuff and every week I would come and I would um you know have pepper bombing with with questions and doctrine and are trying to argue, wanting to save their soul, wanting to convert them, and, and on the flip side, you know, here's the thing that made the biggest difference. I think, because while we did argue doctrine, and we did it a lot, like I said, every day they came, I was ready. I was ready Freddy. I had questions for them. I mean, I would salivate the night before, like, oh, the missionaries is coming, Like, oh, I got this question for them. I'm going to hit them with this. I'm going to hit them with that. They ain't going to be able to respond to this. They ain't going to be able to respond to that. And at the same time, though, while I was challenging them and giving them very challenging questions, at the same time, they were um, just responding in love. They would just respond in love. They would they would answer the questions. They would come back the next week with the answers and stuff. But they would just respond in love. And eventually, it turned from being a confrontational thing every week to them just being my friends. They were just my friends. And they gave me a Book of Mormons all the time. And they would end up in trash cans. I would throw them away. Um, you know, leave them on the bus. I, I did some dirty stuff. Like, I did not want to read the Book of Mormon so, but one time, my boy, Eddie, who was Elder Montalvo at the time. Elder Montalvo, um, he gave me a bookworm. he said, just read it once. Take it home, read it once. Pray about it. If God doesn't give you anything, we will never bother you about it again. So, in my head, I'm like, All right, I'm about to get them off my head, like, off my back about this bookworm. And permanently. Bet, I'll take you up on that, Eddie. I'll do it. So, um... I, I took it home. I did what Eddie asked me to do. I prayed on it. I read it. And I fell asleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night with this intense desire, this intense hunger for the Book of Mormon. I wanted to read it, I wanted to study it. Um, I had this same intense um, burning and in desire for the Bible. Um, I loved the Bible. And I still do love the Bible. And, like, I had read the whole New testament in one night, I remember. And that was the kind of hunger that I had for this book of Mormon, that I couldn't put it down. That I had to consume it. It was like, it was like food. I had to consume it. And that's so how I knew that this book was from God. So I called Eddie up that day, and I said, yo, like, I really believe that this book is from God. Like, we need to talk about this book. And he was like, all right. So we set up a time to meet at, um, Subway. On uh, Copex, East Copex. And so I lied to my aunt and uncles. I had to go do something, like go to the library or something. They didn't care. They were, you know, like I said, they, they had their own life. You know, I was intruding on their life. I came and I stayed with them. They had their own life. But um, I went to the subway. And it was Elder Montalvo that taught me. Because I told him, I was like, anybody teach me, it's going to be you. So Elder Montalvo, who was actually a Spanish missionary, he was supposed to be teaching Spanish people. He wasn't even sent there for me, um, but he taught me, and then the local elders that were in that area, one of them would sit with Elder Montalvo, and I forget who it was, his name, but he would teach me, and then Elder Montalvo's companion, um, uh, Elder, um, uh, I want to say either Smith or, um, uh, I forget your name, dog, you're my friend on Facebook, and you're a friend, um, but... And since someone's not talking to you I forget your name um, But you know what I'm talking about But um, His their, their company, They would go work Their work So they would go see other people Their English and Spanish Other people So, And I ended up sitting with On And the local missionary At the Subway restaurant A Subway And we sat there for 10 hours We did all six discussions. This is for those people that are a throwback to the day where we had six discussions in the church. And we did all six discussions. And so they asked me if I wanted to be baptized. And I said yes. I knew that this was the church. I knew that this was where I needed to head. Where I needed to be in my life. And um, they said, okay, well, we can baptize you next Sunday. And I said, well, tomorrow's Sunday. Can we do it tomorrow? Eddie gets on the phone. The local elder gets on the phone the zone leaders come i mean like screaming down like from east aurora like downtown and um you know elder beasley and elder wolf were zone leaders and i remember doing the um baptismal interview in the back seat of their car and um i got past the baptismal interview And the next day, I went to church with my uncle. I knew that it would be the last day I'd ever go to church with them. Because I knew that they wouldn't tolerate me being a Mormon. And I knew that I had to become a Mormon. And that night, I lied and said I was going somewhere with a friend. And, um, I went to my baptism. And, um, I was baptized into the City Park branch. Um, I wouldn't know that years later I'd be part of the, um, City Park, um, I didn't know that I would be part of the City Park Ward many, many years later. About um, the City Park Branch, there was only um, there was the Bishop, a missionary couple. Uh, they were uh, and they weren't even from that ward. They were from a different ward, but they were um, a missionary couple. I think heard about me and they wanted to be there. It was a, a, not a full-time missionary couple. They were uh, like ward missionaries of, of a different ward, but. Um, these people would end up being who I call my church parents, the ransoms. They were there from the day I was baptized. They've been there for every single moment of my life. Um, every major moment from baptism to ordination to mission to uh, sealing to endowment. Um, I'll tell y'all a funny story one day, how they ended up my endowment session and I didn't even tell them. It was God, but they've been there for every major moment of my life and they're my parents. I love them to death. I call mom and dad. Um, I need to talk to them more, um, but, um, I, um, and I, I joined the church, there was, like, 40, 50 missionaries, like, I, like, missionary out, black named Tag Central, like, almost every missionary, I think, in the mission, as far as, like, that was in, like, the metro area was there, and it was amazing, and I ended up being thrown out of my house two days later. I ended up losing my job Because my uncle raised a big stink The missionaries were not able to volunteer there I don't know if they are able to volunteer there today But uh, for a time They were not able to volunteer there Because of um, Me They weren't able to volunteer there Because I had um, joined the church and my uncle raised a big stink Like how that place Had become a recruiting ground for a cult Um, But here's what I'm gonna like driving home The end point To my whole um, Why A minister Became converted It was love It was them Showing love And it was them Showing that I had a plan That my father in not cared About me At that time You know My aunt and uncle They were young married They didn't know How to You know Show me That I had You know A purpose That I had a plan That You know That you know they didn't know how to do that at all they did their best and I don't I'm not mad at them they did their best they took care of me when nobody else would and I always love them and respect them they're like my I, I call them I consider them like my you know mom and dad I love my aunt and uncle but um God God has done amazing things my life has not been easy I lost my family for a time. I was on my own for a time, Um, you know, very tough. Going from that, being a very young man and being thrust out on your own because of religion's choice. I, I consider myself the pioneer of my family, but I thank my Heavenly Father that I am the pioneer of my family. I thank my Heavenly Father that I was able to learn and to grow. And to become the person that I am today. So, I bear you my testimony that you don't always have to beat down people with doctrine. Because it wasn't doctrine at the end of the day that won my soul. It was love. And guys, if you guys just love people and love on people, you guys will see a harvest. And uh, I leave that with y'all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, well, uh, that's the podcast for today. I hope that you guys enjoy it. We'll see you next week.